Welcome, kings and queens, to another episode of Unapologetic, your number one podcast. This is the show where kings and queens tell their legacies and on. So get ready for the gems to drop and pull up to the table because we're ready. of unapologetic your number one podcast is your favorite host male in the building aka mr unapologetic we're here today on this beautiful sunday we see we got a brother sitting in front of us right now please welcome td smith of sag law how you doing king i'm well sir thank you for having me so man i know it's been a while since we've been trying to get in connect, you know, you've been busy. Congratulations on the new launch of the marketing, you know. I've seen you. that on the internet. Congratulations. Thank you. Uh, but for you to be as big as you are, as I see you, and because <laughs> man, you're everywhere, man. I mean, you have uh, accomplished a lot and you're mm -hmm. still young. You still got a lot of years ahead of you. And to start off as, you know, uh, uh, going to school, you know, everybody got to do the bar, bar test, right? The bar, right. whatever it is. Where did you go for that? Well, first, let me start by saying I really appreciate you for, for saying that, you know, it's sometimes I don't see how other people <laughs> see me and it's humbling <laughs> to, to hear that kind of feedback. So I really appreciate that. You're welcome. Uh, yeah, to, to jump in, how do we get to, to this this point, you know, it was a very long journey, mm. you know, um, <clears throat> outside of your, your core, you know, high school, uh, you then have to go through undergrad and then there's four, sometimes four and a half years of undergrad uh, studies. And then uh, what some people don't know is you have to take and pass an admissions test to get into law school. So you just can't say, oh, I want to go to law school and just go right. and apply. Nope. You know, we took the, some people took the SAT, the ACT for undergrad. I mean, yeah, for, to get into undergrad, but for law school, you have to take the LSAT, the law school admissions test. So, and that is a very difficult test to, to pass as well before you can even start the process of law school. So, wow. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's three, what's that? Three tests, right? Well, yeah, yeah, technically Hold so. On. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> take three, the L side to get into law school, uh, your final exams to finish law school. Right. And then there's another test before the bar called the MPRE. Uh, and so you have to take that and pass. And then you sit for the bar exam. And uh, hopefully you pass it the first time. Some people make it the second time like myself. Oh, man, just making it period is too much for me. That's just... <laughs> God, man, I applaud. That's an applaud. Congratulations. Thank man. you. Thank you. But I want to go back because who were, who, how do you pronounce your name? What does, what does TD stands for, for one? Let me so it's, it's, that's a great question because people ask it all the time. Yeah, so my first name is actually T and my middle initial is Dan. So I just abbreviated as the D. And I oftentimes get asked, oh, well, why did your mama name you T? Right. T? 
I said, well, actually, my dad <laughs> named me T. Um, uh, most people from our hometown of Muskegon Heights, they know that my father was Danny Smith, the former principal of Heights mm -hmm. High. Really? And uh, yeah, yeah. And so the story behind how I got my name was what people don't know. My dad originally went to college to become an attorney. Mm -hmm. He was a political science major. While he was in undergrad, he met a professor by the name of T. Dan Gilmore. And that guy mentored him and inspired him to change his major from political science into education. And so he went into education and he told uh, Professor Gilmore, if I ever have a son, I'm gonna name him after you. And so that's how I got my name, T. Dan Gilmore. Wow. So he was a big influence on your-, on your Major family. influence. Man, that's dope. I like that. So after you, was named this T.D. Smith. Mm -hmm. What did you do to, before, like, who is T.D.? You know, what did you, how was you before becoming this professional law student, <laughs> and business owner, and all this that came with it afterwards? You know, that that's that's another great question. So, man, I got to give it to you, man. You're coming with, you come with the fire today, man. These are great <laughs> questions. I appreciate so it. And, and I want to be as transparent as possible because I think in today's society, a lot of individuals see people like me or people bigger than me, and they think, oh, well, those people didn't have, you know, their upbringing wasn't real or they're, they kind of just <laughs> fell into success. Uh -huh. uh, and I want to really share and open up. What a lot of people don't know about me is I struggled with uh, making friends. I struggled with reading. Uh, I have a learning disability. Uh, I was considered illiterate until probably seventh or eighth grade uh, of, of middle school until a, a teacher at Muskegon Heights Middle School took the time to literally walk with me to learn how to read and pronunciate words correctly. Um, so growing up was wow. a, that's hard growing up was very difficult for that's me. That's hard to believe. I mean, that's hard to believe that, especially from a person with your type of uh, of of mentality you know sure. you just come off so strong and so uh understanding of what you want and how you want to say it right and, you know now hearing that it's like man you worked hard <laughs> yeah I, I did and and i hope that me being transparent and, and showing individuals this side of me that that inspires someone that may struggle with learning disabilities or may not have a lot of confidence as a young person that you can turn that around that each decision that you make to pursue greatness really is a choice in the, in the, in the right direction and it can be made. Right, right, no excuses, right? Exactly. No excuses, I'll bet. So how was, so how was uh, out of school for you? Were you like, uh, since you was not as popular, what, what, do you, what did you cling to to get you into this direction of how you live today? Yeah, so I, I have older parents. I think most people know that. Um, <laughs> and so I grew up listening to old school funk and old school jazz okay, and art. Talking about Marvin Gaye, Luther. Exactly. Band, oh, Marvin oh, Gaye, yeah. Earth, Wind, and Fire, the Ooh. Parliaments, those guys, yeah, you know. <laughs> right. Okay. And so that that really opened me up to music. Uh, I'm a musician. I play five instruments. Uh, I went to college on a full ride music scholarship. Uh, and so Though hey, hold I was on. a young person. How about, how about, <laughs> sure, sure. Five instruments? 
Yes. Okay, continue. I had to get that clarity one more time. That <laughs> wow. Yeah. So how did know, that I go? grew up and I cling to, to music. And naturally, uh, I was raised in the Church of God in Christ. So that was an outlet as well, being able to play at my local church. And um, I also uh, played with um, at Holy Trinity Church of God in Christ with uh, the late Bishop Wells. And he I was able to perform with his ministry all over the country. And that really exposed me to a, a lot of different musicians, and it really solidified that I really wanted to pursue uh, music. And that's kind of how it led into the law that I practice, is not only do I practice business law and litigation, but I initially wanted to be an entertainment attorney. So so those times for actors, are. Uh... Uh, rappers, all them type of individuals just come to you like, hey, I need you, coach. Like, come on. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. I need you yeah. right I now. Did a, did a nice amount of entertainment law uh, when I was in New York. I, I think we'll probably get to that. Um, and so that keep was... Going. Yeah, keep going. That's what I did. You know, I, I, I represented artists, athletes, uh, review contracts, negotiate deals, endorsement deals, build out their businesses, protect their assets. Yeah. Wow. So what are the, oh, hold on, you're a lawyer. I got to. Right. What are some uh, of the clients that are you that you're able to say that you were like big stars? I wish I could. <laughs> I wish I could say, but unfortunately, man, man, I client try, he, ain't, he ain't budge. Right, right. I, I can't. <laughs> I can't. Yeah. Oh, man. But that's awesome, man, to hear that you had that type of experience especially right. in new york new york yeah. man everybody called that the concrete jungle for oh, yeah so <laughs> for you to make it in new york man it's it's manhattan to be specific correct correct that that's a that's a big accomplishment speaking of new york you will also hold on let me let, let me let me i want to be accurate on sure. this on this law firm so you were the chief of litigation and director of operation for the Manhattan law firm, correct? Yes, I was deputy chief of litigation. Deputy and, uh, and director of operations uh, for the, the firm that I previously worked at, which was Johnson Associates. And that was the first law firm that uh, was where I started my career. Started my career in the uh, in New Jersey office because uh, I'm licensed in the state of New Jersey to practice law. And from there, hey, we... I need you on the team. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm already there, man. I'm already there. <laughs> and so from starting in New Jersey, uh, I really showed leadership, I guess, that the partner wanted to see. And hmm. so then he made me the uh, deputy, deputy chief of litigation and director of operations for the Manhattan office, which we had. And, and so that was my thing. I had to oversee attorneys, um, hmm. oversaw uh, our paralegal and support staff, closed client deals, had managed client relationships. Wow. So it was really uh, a great, a great amount of experience that I was able to learn in that position, which led over to me starting uh, Smith Attorneys Group, SAG Law. So that's how the, okay. Okay, now it's getting, okay, I've connected the dots as you go. So that's, <laughs> So that's, that's, that is, was that one of your biggest accomplishments by far to start for the beginning of your career? Yes. I, I'm, I'm glad you cleared that up because what I was going to say 
my biggest accomplishment thus far is is being married to the love of my life. That oh. hands down. And if I you don't say it like that, that, I'm gonna be in trouble. So <laughs> I respect. So, so by, definitely my largest accomplishment. Uh, but uh, in my career. I think that working at Johnson Associates was definitely the foundational piece uh, of me being able to build SAG law and to have have gained the experience in complex litigation. Because, uh, I mean, like you mentioned, everyone knows if you can make it in New York, you can pretty much make it in anywhere. Any, anywhere in the world. Yeah. And it really is a dog eat dog kind of environment. <laughs> And those attorneys in New York, they, they didn't show you any any grace. You're a young lawyer. If you come in here, you don't know what you're talking about. Right. You just get ate up. You just lose. <laughs> <laughs> so how how old were you at this time of being of being uh, uh, handed this this deputy position? I was 27, going on 28. You are only 27 years old. Yeah. Wow. Oh man. Man, I, you you a, yeah you a beast. I appreciate but, it, man. You a appreciate beast, it. man. That to to like you said to fight in the realm of the concrete jungle because I know there are other lawyers who had more experience. Oh, absolutely. More education, you know, absolutely. more more of a push for recommendations. Right. But you yourself has fought and and strived to become the top dog. Well, one of the top dogs on the platter. So it was so man, that's that's big, man. I keep it unapologetic. You got to give yourself a hand on that one. Brother. I appreciate it. I humbly, I humbly appreciate it. Really? Uh so take us now to the future of SAG Law. You started this, you started SAG Law after you left the Johnson firm, correct? Correct. Uh and you started it where? So we started in in Chicago. Um in 2019 is when, um, at the time, my girlfriend, who was now my wife, uh, Katila Smith, she had got a great opportunity for um, her career. And I don't know, you may you may not know this, we've not discussed it, but my wife is also an attorney. So she yeah, is right. she is a tax attorney with a specialization in employee benefits, mergers, acquisition. I mean, uh, exactly the family on the team, D. Right. <laughs> You're right, you're right. So as I like to tell people, she's the real lawyer. Man, <laughs> so, I can imagine because finances are something else. Yeah, seriously. Yeah, her when she gets to talking tax or business law when it, at the mergers and acquisition level, it's over my head. So <laughs> <laughs> over my head. Man. So she got her her dream job um, here in Chicago. Okay. And at the time, I was still in New York. I said, "Listen, if, if that's your dream." Mm -hmm. I will move to Chicago. Mm. And that's what I did. I moved to Chicago and my in my mind, I said, oh, well, you know, it's not going to be a problem. You know, I have this extensive resume that I've built here in the New York and New Jersey area. I said, firms are going to die to get me on board. <laughs> uh, and every firm I applied to, every firm denied. Really? Nobody, nobody bit. Nobody was... Um, they one of the things that they said was they don't they don't hire students that graduated from my law school. And so that yeah, that's the thing. That's the thing. That's okay. So what's the point of going to school? For well, you know, some some firms prefer to have 
your Harvard grads, your, mm-hmm. your NYUs, your University of Michigan's, here in Chicago, your Northwesterns. And they affiliate the prestige of the university to mean that the attorney is going to be better. Well, news is I beat a lot of Harvard attorneys. <laughs> I beat a lot of Columbia attorneys. <laughs> tell it like so, it is. Tell it that's, like that's it the is. Truth. That's the truth of it. But so, yeah, no, no firm wanted to, to take me on. Right. And so I had to make a decision, you know, am I either going to leave Chicago and go back to, to New York and, and try to pick up or rebuild from, from here? And the decision was made to rebuild. And that's how SAG Law uh, got its founding roots. This is, are you writing a book? I'm not. But I might. <laughs> I think I think I'm gonna push that in your future. You need to write. I, I, you know what? I, I appreciate that. I'm make sure I'm gonna give you some writer's credits too. Uh, I appreciate that. I'll put my face on the back of the book if you want me to. <laughs> right I'll put it. You know, man. So all right, I'm getting off looks, man. You make this feel like a woo, man. I'm learning so much. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, I wanted also say to my viewers, this is just for the interview. This is not a way to to give you any law or any type of advice. We are not doing that. This is a conversation for you to learn from one of the top tier professionals in their own world. That's it. I had to get, I had to get that out, T. I had to get that I out. I appreciate it. But uh, fast forward onto the Chicago, you started getting all these downs and downs and downs. Clearly you wasn't feeling discouraged. So what made you say, or who helped you, as I should say, build this law firm? Sure. And, and I do want to correct one thing. I 100% felt discouraged. I 100% felt defeated in the Ooh. sense that, you know, I had, had this amazing career in, in New York. You know, I and, and I, I really don't like to brag. So I'm trying not to brag, but I'm trying to make it put it into context. Yeah. I live in the third most expensive county in the state of, well, in the, in the United States. I was 28, 29, driving a Maserati. I had it, I had everything, you know, I had everything. Tell it like it is. <laughs> to then go to Chicago yeah. and literally had to start over. You know, I, I had to live off my savings to support our family while my wife was pursuing her career. And that really you know, that can be trying on the male ego. When you see your partner, she's doing great things. She's living, living a life, doing the, the lawyer uh, expected income, you know, and here I am not making anything, not contributing anything to the household because I couldn't afford to. But so when you say um, who, who helped me to build the firm, my wife, if if I had not had her at that point, uh, I would have lost even more than what I thought I did. Shout out to the missus, man. That's good. Mrs. Smith, for real. That's that's dope. So, Miss Keegan, mm-hmm. after hitting Chicago, it seemed like you made your way back to home. Right. What what brought you back? So I think it's uh it's very important. For, for anyone that comes from any type of place of disadvantage, 
And and by no means am I saying I came from a super hard upbringing. I did not. Right. But I'm still from Muskegon Heights. And, and, and that speaks for itself. I think it's important for us to cultivate the next generation of professionals, the next generation of entrepreneurs and successful individuals. They have to see individuals like me. They have to see individuals like you. Right. Um, and unless they see those people in their community, tangible, can come up and talk to us, can you know make us make ourselves accessible. Uh, I think we're doing a great dishonor, not only to self, but also to our heritage, because for us to be fortunate enough to have experienced any level of success, it is our duty to bring it back to our people to make sure that we're now becoming the, the foundational form and board that they can stand on to achieve their accomplishments. Yeah, you wrote this down, didn't you? you probably I wish that. I did. That was, that was cold. <laughs> I, I can never repeat that again, so I'll record it. I said to you this, man, you got to put that in the book. Oh, yeah. So when you, when you got, when you have arrived back home, should I mm -hmm. say, what was it that you did to say, Muskegon, I'm here, I'm here to help. This is what I do. Where am I, where, where can I start? Like, what did you begin and back home? Cause you've been- I think, the, I think the, the main event that really catapulted me, my homecoming is what I'll call it, was the Black Business Expo, which is where we met. I think that, um, that event was right on time for the atmosphere that Muskegon is, is currently navigating itself into. Hmm. It's, it's now becoming an atmosphere for great entrepreneurs to, to, um, to launch their business ideas, to exploit their talents. And the Black Business Expo was just spot on. You know, Lachey did a great job yeah. with that, um, with that, that, uh, that program and to set that conference up. And I was just honored to, to be asked to be a part of it. And that was really an opportunity that I had to really let individuals know I'm here, uh, I'm here to help. And should you want something, uh, some of the knowledge that I have or some of the skills that I can assist you with, I'm happy to give it for a small fee. <laughs> of course, of course. <laughs> so can you give us the, the date of when you're gonna be at the uh, Black Expo this year? Uh, the oh, I know it's in June. I would really have to check my calendar okay. to, to nail down the exact date. But the second annual is is being is taking place again in Muskegon, and it's it's downtown at the new convention center. And I hope that we can have an even greater turnout this year than we did last year, because I really think a lot of jewels were dropped uh, at the Black Business Expo last year, and I can only imagine with the lineup that I'm seeing for this year how much further we're going to take it. Oh, man. What's your expectations for 2022? Man, so in 2022, expectation is to for sure expand the, the firm into a different arena of law. I think the, the next area for us to, to get expertise in is cybersecurity. That's becoming the, the new realm of, of tech. You know, that's always going to be a, a big deal is cybersecurity and legal professionals that understand uh, data breaches. What is the federal protocol for responding to data breaches? And then you also need to know the state protocol 
uh, for when data breaches occur and being able to build in those legal safeguards. Mm. Uh, I think that's going to really be uh, monumental for those uh, law firms that can get on board or get ahead of the curve, especially when we're talking about new virtual worlds like the metaverse or any of these other um, uh, hmm. virtual realities. Like yeah. Okay. So, oh man, that's isn't isn't that a far shot from what you're used to doing? Well, not really. You know, it in in its essence, it's still business law. Okay. Uh, it's still business law. It's still going to involve some type of litigation. Mm -hmm. uh, because in, in our in our judicial system, we don't know exactly what the law is going to be until people get sued <laughs> and we argue it. And then judges make a, re a review of the arguments and mm -hmm. give their determination. That's called case law. Right. And a lot of our statutes that we see, you know, whether that's from the Constitution, state constitution or regulatory provisions, those are the, the base. Those are the base fundamental laws. But then how they apply to each one of us as individual citizens or how they may apply to businesses, um, that's governed or determined by case law. People get sued, arguments are made, judges make rulings, new laws are created. Mm, step by step. Just like exactly. Wow. See, I'm learning something new. Great. <laughs> that's what we're here to do. We're here to teach. teach. This, is, this is great. So what is it that what what's the what's your favorite type of law that you rather uh, do in a case? Like what what would you prefer uh, type of law? I think one of the most fulfilling types of practice that we do is uh, I still I still do a lot of complex litigation. Um, that's what I started my career in was complex litigation. I still do a lot of it now. What's that? And uh, I take on a number of. Um, race discrimination cases. Mm. So I think for where the current atmosphere of our country, uh, we're, we're covering a lot of ground, but we still got a lot of ground to make up. And unfortunately, individuals in high positions, uh, black or brown or any other ethnic group of individuals are still being discriminated against. And a lot of companies think it's okay until we file lawsuits. And I think the more lawsuits that we're able to, to file against individuals that are choosing to be uh, discriminatory, the better working environment we will eventually get. And so when you say what's my most fulfilling, I think that is the area where I feel I can do the most good for social justice change, even though I may not be one of the individuals out um, picketing or I'm not very vocal on certain political aspects or political topics, that's a way that I can still make a difference and voice how I feel by helping somebody else. Wow, man, you you doing your thing, man. You made Thank you. you made a lot of people proud. I appreciate it. Proud. So what what have your parents uh, said to you since all this big accomplishment? Like since they were the individuals who built you up to become this this type of man you know you sure. give the parents some, some credit on this one I, I definitely do i definitely give my parents uh, uh i would say 100 percent credit <laughs> right um, you know a lot of uh, you, you may not know but my, my father has since passed 
So I think if if he was here to see the um, accomplishments that I've achieved, I think he would be proud. Uh, now my mom, she gets to see it firsthand. Right. And um, a few weeks ago, I was able to to really give my mom a thank you. And so me and my wife, we took my mom and my sister uh, on a trip to Mexico where we covered the cost. <laughs> and and I was a way for me to tell mom, you know, I really I will never understand all of the sacrifices you and dad made for us. But here is at least something I can show you to let you know. Thank you. Oh, man, that's dope. That's dope. That's dope. So I want to I want to ask a question about you sure. being in the courtroom. Have you ever been in a a, a legal situation where you have mm-hmm. had a, a a a big fight, like oh y'all y'all yelling back and forth? You had to calm yourself down because you don't hear that too much, you know, in the courtroom. It, or they try to keep it hush hush. Should I say? <laughs> so I, I I think uh you know the theatrics of Law and Order and <laughs> yeah, and yeah. All of the, I got I gotta t- I gotta see if if, if it's true or not <laughs> yeah yeah I mean honestly Mel it's that's that cinematic um effect okay it, it doesn't really go like that in in the courtroom very well let me rephrase in in the civil realm. Mm. Uh, because there's, you know, you've got your criminal law and then you have your civil law. Now, on, on the criminal end, I've seen attorneys all out yell. I've seen lawyers almost get in a fight with judges, fist fights. In the middle of the court. In the middle of the court, yeah. That, that's a real thing. That can happen. And it's because they're so passionate about representing and, and zealously advocating for their clients' rights. And, you know, there's nothing more important in law than being able to protect your constitutional and God-given rights. And so I understand how criminal attorneys can, can get passionate. On the civil end, we're more, uh, how can I say, procedural, you know, and, and that's a word that we're gonna have to unpack. Right. Uh, it's like, you know, we, we file our motions, we wait to hear the response. We may have to argue the motion, but it's pretty mapped out. You know, you do this, this happens, you do that, you respond this way. And so because we kind of already know the outcome of the case, right. Uh, right. based off of looking at the, the, the entire matter um, <clears throat> from like a bird's eye view, it, there's no real need to, to have a, a uptick in emotion uh, unless it's just an outright misjustice. Uh, I can't say I've ever really yelled in court. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. But I have been assertive. And I have definitely <laughs> stood firm. Yeah, okay, but vocal. Got to exactly. Got to. I'm here. I hear you. Okay. Exactly. So in Muskegon, is there a law firm that you're going to open up here, or have you have one here already? Yeah. So the benefit of SAG Law and how it's structured, mm-hmm. um, because we're a virtual firm, we're pretty much everywhere that we have licensed attorneys. And so um, I'm a licensed attorney in Michigan. I also have several other attorneys that are licensed and located in Michigan. So yes, we do have a presence in Michigan. We represent a lot of uh, businesses and individuals in Michigan, but we do not have a physical space. And I did that for, for two reasons. One is I want to make sure that our legal fees could still be accessible to individuals that may not be super high earning. 
customers. So one way, and so that goes to point two, we're able to do that by not having the overhead costs of a brick and mortar business. So we don't have to pay rent. I don't have to pay other utilities. So we're able to keep the firm virtual, which is allows us to keep our prices affordable. Oh, man, you a genius. IQ 200. <laughs> I was wondering, like, man, every firm, you know, has a headquarters somewhere, even a house, you know? Sure. So I'm like, why does he have a... Nah, no. That, that's that's dope, man. So I thank you, man. I, I don't... You have been great on the show but thank you thank for you. being unapologetic about everything i Absolutely. respect what you have done i can't wait to see you this summer i can't sure thing, man man because I, I know you're gonna bring some a word that everybody gonna be like wow man, he came ready for this with this right. <laughs> man, I, I love it man ladies and gentlemen i want y'all to give this king a round of applause please leave a comment like share and subscribe on the show T.D. Smith, Sack Law, man, the king has done so much. Bad hat, New Jersey, man. Now he's back in Michigan doing his thing. All the details of the law firm will be at the bottom of the video. So make sure y'all go tap in, give him a call, or a free consultation is on the website. I have Absolutely. looked it over. So make sure y'all go hit him up. Please, businesses of all types, don't be hesitant, man, to get some word in because you don't know everything and laws change every day. Isn't that right, T? That is correct. <laughs> Just keep it real, man. Thank you, T, for, for allowing this interview, man. Uh, please, please don't feel like you can't call or want to come back on the show. I'll make room for you, brother, for real. Thank you so much for having us, man. And, and we should go ahead and schedule our next uh, interview now. <laughs> Oh, yeah, man. We're going to get to it, man, for sure. I got to let you get, get some more accomplishment back on, you know, keep your thing going. Congratulations on everything. Mrs. Smith, congratulations on your king. I know she's going to watch this. I want her to see this. But thank you, everybody, for tuning in to Unapologetic, your number one podcast. Mr. Unapologetic, we out right here at ZGE Studios, y'all. Shout out to my brother, man, Adam Miles, one of the best videographers out, man. Make sure y'all go out there and tap in at ZGE Studio, YouTube, you name it. Thanks, D. Thank you.